Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. I was about to say, but not today. But today we are. Today we're going to talk about Resident Evil 2 Remake. Will there be spoilers for Resident Evil 2? There will be spoilers for Resident Evil 2. Both the original and the remake. It's the same story, it doesn't matter. So, Resident Evil 2 Remake. This is a re-release? But it's a remake. I mean, this is a literal, from the ground up, recreation of the 1998 original PlayStation 1 game for current-gen consoles and PC. So the original had fixed camera and tank controls. This one has over-the-shoulder gameplay, as first seen in Resident Evil 4. And Mike kindly bought this for us. But why? But why? You said you wanted to play this game, right? I didn't just wildcat buy this. Like You said you wanted to play this. But we also caveated this by saying, this would be stressful, or we wouldn't really enjoy this, potentially. I mean... There's a reason why I didn't play this when it came out in 2019. And I was seeing all the rave reviews about it and I watched some footage of it and I was like, oh, that looks cool. But I didn't buy it. And then you said you wanted to play it, which surprised me. And then it was half price in the Steam holiday sale. Yeah, so I bought copies for both of us. Actually, thanks for buying it. Without, I don't want to sound ungrateful, by the way. <laughs> I don't want to sound ungrateful, but you really burned me with this purchase. <laughs> yeah, and it was hanging over you because you don't like to own things that you haven't played. But, but good thing we have a podcast. <laughs> so then you declared, this is the book club game, now we both have to play it. Because to be honest, I probably would have just left it on my backlog until, you know the heat death of the universe but yeah now we've played it and i mean this is a very highly regarded game it was certainly nominated for a lot of game of the year awards it won at least one it is in the 90s on metacritic for consoles so 91 on ps4 93 on xbox one on pc it has 89 Not, I think, because the PC version is any worse, just because the standard of games on PC is higher. No, no, I don't know why, but 
it's 89 on PC for some reason, on Metacritic. And we've got it on PC. We've got it on PC. PC is surely the best version. I, I don't know why I say that. It's got higher resolution. It's got shorter loading times. It's got modding capabilities. Yes. You, you can play with a low poly version of Leon and Claire, just like the old days. <laughs> You've got keyboard and mouse. Um, yes. Well, I mean, I did play with keyboard and mouse. You didn't? No. You'd think using the mouse would help me aim, but I, I'm not sure it did. It certainly didn't help me dodge. We'll talk about that later. So what's our relationship with the franchise? So I've played the GameCube remakes, Resident Evil remake, Resident Evil 0, and Resident Evil 4. And I've also played Resident Evil 5 on PS4. And you finished 4 and 5? Yes. But you didn't finish 1 and 0? I, th- I may have finished one. I, I have the same problem as you. It's been so long mm. since I finished or played the first one. I, I, I watched a YouTube video and I watched the ending and I, I remembered the ending. So based on that, I think I finished it. I don't have trophies to check on. Now, what about you? So I have played 1, 2 and 3 on the original PlayStation 1. That was a really long time ago, and I don't know what's a real memory or just like a false memory anymore from that time period. You know, like I also watched YouTube Let's Plays and videos of those games to try and jog my memory, and I can't tell. It's like, oh, I remember that. But do I remember it from doing it myself or do I remember it from previously watching a YouTube video of this game? So I think that I played about halfway through the first scenario as Jill Valentine in Resident Evil 1. I think I finished the Leon A story in Resident Evil 2. And I think I finished Resident Evil 3 as Jill Valentine again, but I may have played on easy mode because I remember having an infinite ammo assault rifle, but I can't remember if that was just post game and I just played it again, or if I literally played through with the assault rifle on easy mode. So don't know, but those, but those are the ones I played. So I've, I've basically only played the original old tank controls, fixed angles versions. Okay. And now we've played this. So what's interesting about Resident Evil 2 is that you can play as two characters, right? Well, I mean, you could do that in the early ones too. In Resident Evil 1, yes. I don't remember Resident Evil 3. I don't know about Resident Evil 3. Yeah, I'm actually not sure about Resident Evil 3 either now. It's like, can you play as Carlos? And I think there's a section where you play as him, but I think he's like a side character. But beyond that, there's... Is it side A, part A, and there's also side B, part B? I don't know what the right term is. Well, in the PlayStation 1 version, I think they called them the A and B story. So there was, well, so if you played as Leon first, that was Leon A, and then you could then play 
as Claire in her B story, Claire B. Or if you played Claire first, then you play Claire A, and then you would play Leon B. So the second character you pick can have a different story that's kind of meant to be running parallel to the character you were playing the first time round. And that carries through into this version too. So I think they just call them second story or something now, rather than A and B. Anyway, last time you said you wanted to play as Leon. I did. So you were going to play as Leon and I was going to play as Claire. But literally after we hit the stop button on that recording, you were like, actually, I think it'll be more interesting to play as a civilian. So I want to play as Claire. Yes. And then I realized I have to play as a small child, which I don't want to. That was a strange statement to make, but yes, you have to play as a small child in Claire's story. So anyway, I played as Leon in the end. I played Leon A. Is it Leon A still? I played the Leon story and then you played as Claire. Yes. Despite what we said last time. And how far did you get? I don't know how far I got. I got to the orphanage. I have no idea where that is because there's no orphanage in my story. I think it's equivalent to you getting to the sewers and meeting Ada. Because if you're meeting Ada, then I meet Sherry, I think. I think that's sort of... They correspond to each other. Oh, so you know... Go to the sewers. I do, but there's like a an early sewers part and a late sewers part. To show you, there's a bit you play as where you play as Ada. Yeah. Okay, so I I'm pretty sure I don't see that part. That's my assumption. So you opened up the angel statue in the lobby of the police station. Yes. And then you went down to the underground garage. The par- yeah, 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 you're right. The parking garage. That's not the sewers, is it? And then you left the parking garage. No, when I'm about to, I get a call and I'm sent to the orphanage. Ah, oh, okay. Interesting. Okay, so I guess that's where it really diverges. Well, I finished the Leon first story. It took me nine hours, four minutes and 49 seconds. <laughs> 38 saves and I got a rank C which I'm slightly embarrassed about but you were like what were you expecting an S and I was like I didn't think I'd get a C <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand where this expectation came from is this across all games or is this across life <laughs> I thought I'd get a B to be honest but <laughs> C just sounds so much worse C's fine in what context? In Resident Evil context? In in get in the gaming context? In I don't, I don't know where this. It, it's actually kind of a meaningless thing anyway, because anything other than S rank doesn't unlock you anything. I think so. From that perspective, it doesn't really matter. I. It turns out the main thing is just the time it takes you to finish the game. So I was clearly faffing about too much, slash walking very slowly and being too cautious, and thus it took me over nine hours. And I think. If you finish under eight hours, you get a B. And you finish under five, you get an A. And then even less than that, you get an S or an S+. plus. So, yeah, I thought it mattered if you used things like first aid sprays and stuff. So I, like, very studiously didn't use a first aid spray throughout the entire game. Still got a C. Because in the originals, it mattered. 
if you used a first aid spray, it actually detracted from your rank. It doesn't count the saves. It doesn't count the saves. I should have saved more. Is it counting the time you're in the inventory? The time you're paused? I, I don't think it is. But if it did, that would certainly explain why I had such a long time. Because I was alt-tabbing and writing little notes. But most of the notes were like, another jump scare! Anyway, so I finished the Leon story. And then I actually played a tiny bit of the Claire first story and the Claire second story. Just to see how they were the same or different. So Claire first story really basically is the same. At least to begin with. And then the Claire second story is really different. Like, there's a moment in the first story where you see, like, you see a helicopter crash and then you bump into the other character and they're outside a gate and then the helicopter catches fire. And when you play the second story, you literally start from there. So I was Claire, I saw Leon, the helicopter caught fire, I had to run away from zombies, and then I had to then break in through that gate into the police station. And things were shuffled around and there were like flaming zombies and stuff. And then I was like, I've played enough of this. And I stopped. So your first thoughts? This game looks really good. Do, do you not think this? This game looks really, really good. I don't know anymore. No. I kind of expect it. I can't tell the difference anymore. All games look good. I, I just, it was really cinematic. You know what actually really made me write this down to begin with? Was in the intro, there's a bit where... a trucker eats a burger and i thought the amount of like care that had been put into this burger was like really extreme like he like picks up the burger and you can see like the bun deforming and he bites into it and you can see like there's a tiny bit of like oily sauce on his lip and i was like whoa there's so much effort put into just biting into this burger i thought it looked really good it does look really good they also made Leon and Claire look way better than they did in the originals. I mean, it's not hard because, you know, even in the cinematics, they look like weird mannequins, whereas now they actually look like real people. Now they look like they should be, you know, probably early 20s superstars pretending to be high schoolers in a teen movie or something. Like they, but they look like movie stars now. But are they not modeled on real people? They probably are. I think they are. I mean, that's how they look so real. I just thought the detail was astounding. Even, you know, again, I don't know if this happened to you because of how far you got in the game, but you get progressively more and more like grimy and beaten up as the game goes on. I'm not, I'm not sure if this applies to every costume either or just the default costumes, but like 
I started out in civilian clothes and I put on a police uniform and then like my sleeve got torn or I had like loads of grime smeared on me or blood or I had like bandages replacing one of the arms and stuff like it's really detailed like you really look like you've been through the ringer by the end of the game was this in direct direct response to you taking damage though so if you took damage then you use the spray or herb you know no, no, it's, it's permanent. It's not just like you take... I think it's more like cutscene damage. Okay. You know, like there's a cutscene where you get shot and then after that cutscene, like one of your arms is torn off and you've got like this bandage instead. Or there's a cutscene where you just like fall into this like pit of disgusting water and then after that you're really grimy and things. So, yeah, it's not like in-game damage. It's like cutscene damage, which is permanent. No herb can heal that. So I'm playing with a costume, so maybe that's why I don't see this. Which costume? The noir one. Oh, that's cool. It's because you don't get costumes at the beginning of a game usually. I think we've got some special edition of the game or something, to be honest. Thanks, Mike. It's probably because it costs like 20p more, and I was like, yeah, fine, I'll have the, I'll have the special edition. Yeah, so that was there's a lot a lot of novelty there for me because normally I don't get costumes until I finish it, and by the time I finish it, I don't want to play it again. Yeah, that's true. Okay, initial observations: the herbs are massively, uh, laughably big. This is a really strange observation to make. Why, of all the things you could have talked about in the game, do you talk about how big the herbs are? Because that's like a running thing for Resident Evil, and I wanted to get your take on it. This is just how big herbs are in Resident <laughs> Evil. In Resident Evil. And you're okay with that? It's just like a pot of basil. But why do or I basil, why if do, you're that way inclined. Why do, you know, why, but like, why do we have a full pot? In a police station... Everywhere. Why, why does the why does the police station have so many things? Okay, you're right. It's not just in a police station. Yeah. Why is the town obsessed with herbs? <laughs> I I don't know. It's just one of the. Why is this town infested with zombies? Pfft. It's no more. It's no stranger than that. Yeah. But it, they're just the size of a pot of herbs, like an actual pot of a herb you could buy from a supermarket. If you like live herbs, if you like the freshest basil, yes. <laughs> fine you're okay with it i thought it was just interesting yeah i'm fine with it there are blue herbs they are green they're red herbs they're green herbs there are so many things i would have talked about other than the herbs like you know if you're going to talk about like weird things in the game it's like why do these medals just open this statue or why do i need a blank key to push this keypad why can't i just boop the switch internally you know like there are many things in this game that require you to suspend your disbelief i don't think the herbs are the biggest of them okay fine fine so let's dig deep and sort of cover sort of the main pillars Mm -hmm. of resident evil games right sort of the infantry management the exploration and the puzzles plus the combat survival aspects. Mm. So let's start with inventory. It's a hopelessly small inventory to start with. Yeah. So with Resident Evil, you have like 10 slots and that's it, or eight slots, depending on which character you choose. And that was it. And I thought that was going to be the same again. 
But in this one, actually, it expands a lot. Fortunately. So I think you start with eight slots, but eventually you can get 20. Though some items now take up two slots. So particularly the weapons, when you upgrade them, they'll take up two slots. But when you have 20 slots, it's not so bad. But I think the infantry management is like a really important part of Resident Evil. Knowing, balancing how much weaponry to take versus puzzle items. Because you don't know what's going to be around the corner in terms of random statue. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, how long should I hold on to this red gem for? Is it going to be around the corner or is it going to be like an hour or two later? How many healing sprays should I keep on me? Well, obviously none because they'll detract from my rank. But how about the herbs? Or did you actually put any weaponry in the item box then? Like I kept my guns on me at all times. I didn't have space. My rule was 50% weaponry. 50 to... Is that even true? No, that's nonsense. It's like 25% to 33% weaponry. The other 25% items and the rest I kept... I always get half of the hit pouch free. Oh, wow. Okay. Because for, for picking up stuff, because that's also a nuisance, isn't it? It's like, I, sh- I need to pick everything up, otherwise the room doesn't clear, and then I get confused. As, as you know, the items pop up on the map to tell me you've left this behind. But you've got to clear the room. Yeah, I mean, I did clear most of... I, I didn't actually clear every room because there were some rooms where they were just full of zombies and I was like, you know what? I don't need what's in there. I'm running away and never coming back. Like the morgue, for example. The morgue was... Have you been to the morgue? Yes. It was like, open up the freezer. This one's empty. Open up the freezer. This one's alive. Shut it again. And then eventually there's one you have to open, even though there's clearly a body in there to get the key off the body. And predictably, as soon as you loot the key, the body comes to life. And so do all the other bodies in the morgue as well. And now you're just, oh, terrible. But yeah, I kept much less inventory space open than you. And I I definitely hit a situation later on in the game where there's a key item I needed to pick up, like this trophy. and I couldn't pick it up because my inventory was full and I didn't want to drop anything. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to take these stairs back to the lobby again, where there's an item box, drop off these healing items or some of these flash grenades or something. And then I'll come back and pick up the trophy. And as I went to walk out, two liquors appeared blocking the only exit. So I was like, okay, well, (laughs) I'm going to throw this grenade at the liquors and then get past them. So I threw the grenade at the liquors, tried to get past them. Liquors both attack me and take me down to danger health. So I then had to use one of my red, green, blue mixed herbs. And then they're still attacking me. And so I then have to shoot them with all of my shotgun shells. And then now it turns out I've got no inventory management problem. I've got loads of space. Very frustrating though. It's definitely a pillar of the game. There's this weird tension of like, do I take it? Do I leave it? And then like sometimes, sometimes I was like, okay, I'm going to leave this red herb because I don't need this red herb. Later on, and then, but then I opened up the angel statue and it's like, I can't go back. Did I just leave a red herb? You know, it's like, I wish I'd taken it and put it in the item box now. So there is this, yeah. yeah I think it's a key part of building the tension in the game, like your limited resources. But it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It is. In inverted commas. 
It's true. If the game had a limitless inventory, it would lose something, right? Like survival horror games are meant to be about tension like this. So yes. Let's move on. Let's talk about exploration and the setting. Who knew? Who knew a PlayStation could be this interesting? I don't know if it's a retcon or not, because I don't remember if this was in the original game, but there's a pamphlet you find quite early on in this saying, did you know Raccoon Police Station is a converted art museum? That's why there's so many interesting pieces of art. You know, it's like, oh, I just thought it was normal for a police station to have a giant angel statue that's opened by three medallions held in three other statues hidden throughout the building. Yeah, it's a very interesting place. Like the the design of the police station. Like when I thought about it, it was actually like, this is like Dark Souls. I know that's a really boring and derivative thing to say, but hear me out. Like the police station is very densely interconnected. Like, the whole game actually takes place in... Well, basically in the police station. You keep coming back to it. You know, you you get off the city streets into the police station where it's safe. Then you realise the police station is infested with zombies and you need to get out of the police station. So you go through the parking garage. And in my case, I went into the sewers, then had to get out of the sewers and wound up right back in the police station again. And then found my way into the deeper sewers down to this umbrella lab, which have a staircase back to the police station yet again. Like, everything's interconnected. It's a very... I don't know. Is it believable? It's like... It's... It's physically viable, though. Like, they... You know, it, it kind of makes sense as a space. I mean, it's a completely batshit crazy place. But it's like a realistic place in that it, it doesn't do anything mind-bending with the geometry. So Dark Souls lifted it from this? Oh, that's an interesting question, actually. I don't think so. I think, I think the original game is so thematically and also like just feels so different to Dark Souls. Because obviously the original game is all fixed camera angles. Then again, they do both have zombies. <laughs> Well, undead. So, at some point, there will be a an achievement for that will pop up for leaving the police station. So you're giving the you're given the false idea that oh, I'm done with the police station. I'm, I'm not coming back. Yeah, it's like yay, you got out. Welcome home. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm sure I told you, oh, I've left the police station in my latest message. Yeah, and I was like, oh, well done. <laughs> I was like, uh, shall I tell it? <laughs> Let's move on to the puzzles. We weren't going to talk about them because what were we, were we going to say? I, I was, again, being quite derogatory at first. I was saying, like, the puzzles are just, here's a key, Here's a lock. And like sometimes the key is shaped like a scepter or a book or a red gem, but really it's just here's a key and here's a lock. But the puzzles actually really add to the game. If you took the puzzles away, it would be a totally different game. But it's not like the puzzles are hard or clever. Is that fair to say? 
I think in the original there were more puzzles that were like pushing boxes around and stuff, and that's completely gone in this. And now the puzzles are all like use this item on this item, and there are a few where you have to examine an item in the inventory and twist it around three D space, which are quite cute. Yeah, none of them are really like hard. Like none of them are really like decode this thing or like figure out this riddle. I mean, there is one that's like that later on, but there aren't that many possibilities. You could you could trial and error it. The one comment we had was that it gives you a ton more items to manage. Yeah, it it does play in nicely with the inventory management problem challenge. You know, if you didn't have to carry around all these random keys be they literal keys or figurative keys, then you wouldn't have an inventory management problem. It does generously tell you when an item is used, fully used, and that you can discard. Yeah, you can throw this away now. I didn't throw any of them away. I actually put them all in the item box. I was like, I can't throw this precious key away. This is a souvenir of my time in the police station. I just put it in the box. But I'm glad they did that. Otherwise, I'd just be holding on to things not knowing. Yeah. I'm also very glad they did that. We should probably move on to bigger, I say bigger, more important aspects, possibly the survival horror part of things. Well, we, we've got this just general heading of atmosphere. Yes. Which is this whole segue into the combat too, in a way. Because basically... The game is just setting you up for like tension, which is relieved by eventually something appearing and trying to bite your face off, and then you have to fight it. Or run away from it. <laughs> oh, I'd never thought of that. <laughs> yes, run away from it is actually quite a sensible idea, generally. So I think the environmental storytelling in this game was very good. There's lots of little touches like you know you can see you know you, you hear them play an announcement on the radio that people should shelter in the police station because of a viral outbreak and then when you get to the police station you see lots of you know beds around like camping beds set up and like suitcases and things you can tell people came to the police station and then there's loads of civilians in the police station who are all zombies now you know and then there's like little bits attached to them like you know when you see a zombie and they're dressed in a particular way. You're like, oh, why is this person here? You know, what were they doing in the police station to then become a zombie? Or things like there's like the welcome party for Leon. I don't know if you got if you see this. I assume you do. There's like one of the officers has like a welcome Leon like banner 
and then there's a desk it says like your first assignment is to figure out how to unlock your desk you know so it's things like that are cute you know so telling the story not just through explicit exposition but also yeah environmental storytelling which is another very dark souls thing to do i should probably really enjoyed this game i don't know but <laughs> but there's just so many jump scares i don't know what what do you have to say so many ju- okay, give me three sorry we've talked about this sort of from a high level for abstractly okay i can i can give you i can give you three literally in one room so the art storage room is it is it a west storage room i think i think it's called the west storage room it's on the third floor of the police station so you go up there and as you're approaching the room you see like this shadow of this like figure lurking in the doorway before you even get into the room so you're expecting to walk into the room and have a zombie jump out at you but when you actually walk into the room you realize the shadow is like this figurine of a of like a little person and there's a lamp behind them projecting this big silhouette of a person on the wall so like that's jump scare number one but what point are you jumping though because it's just a silhouette okay okay you're right that's not necessarily a jump scare that's just like a tension building one fine okay this the one that's definitely a jump scare and it's a really sneaky jump scare so you walk into the room and you see a zombie hanging from the ceiling and you're like this is definitely going to fall down and try and bite my face off. So I don't know about you. I shot it in the face. Okay. And it didn't react at all. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess it was wrong. And I very cagely walked around it and nothing happened. Fine. And then I went and collected all the stuff in the C4, Death Nature, and blah, blah, blah. Then I came back to the room to plant the C4 detonator once I had the batteries in it. And then as I walked past that zombie, it like the whole room shuddered and the zombie like dropped down, but it didn't actually fall. It just like dropped like a foot. And I was like, Bruh! and that's definitely a jump scare. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then when you actually blow it up, I think it actually does fall down and try and bite your face off. Well, there is another zombie in there. Or, or, it, yes. or certainly the liquor does at that point. Oh, yes. And like, again... I don't know about you, but actually, we should talk about that in a bit. My my troubles with lick, my many troubles with liquors. So, yeah, there there are certainly many moments where a zombie will just appear out of a blind corner, and they certainly caused me a lot of trouble. Or I would walk out a door, and a zombie would literally be outside the door, and I'd have like no time to react, and it would just bite me. Well, zombies can go through doors in this version. No, they you can't. Know, like, that was one of the... They, they definitely can. Not all doors. I've had... <laughs> not all doors. Okay, but I've definitely had a zombie burst through a door and bite me. Because? Like, I've run away from two zombies chasing me into another room, and the zombies have banged on the door and then bust the door open and come into the room. No, you're right. But there are some invisible walls yeah there are some like like, loading barriers or something which they won't cross and then you can just stand there and like pick them off and they'll walk towards you and they'll just like bounce off it and start walking away again and the same for liquors okay that's nice to know yeah i've never seen a liquor go through a door oh yeah okay i know i know what you mean some are yeah they go through some doors but they won't go through others but i think 
I think you rightly call it. I think they're like loading barriers. The first, the first jump scare I had was my own shadow when I was reloading. I guess in the PS one version, they the lighting wasn't good enough for this kind of thing. There's no shadows. What do you think this is? Yeah, in the PS one era, definitely nothing like that. No. So the lighting's quite good, and they don't abuse it. I mean, it could be a lot darker, and I'm glad it's not. It's really dark in a lot of places in this game. There's a lot of, like, the only light is your torch. Yeah, that's true, actually. The torch is good, though. I mean, it's not one of those torches that... It, it, it's done very well, yeah. It's not one that runs out of battery. Oh, thank goodness, no. But they also don't really have many moments where a zombie lunges out of the darkness and bites you. So even if you're in a very dark space, you generally know where all the zombies are. Even, you know, the torch has helped you see better, but... It's not like a zombie will come out of literally pure darkness that you couldn't have seen. I guess it is all generally telegraphed quite well, apart from the blind corners ones, which are clearly meant to be jump scares. I don't know. I was just, I was just so on the lookout for them as the game went on. Like I just got really good at spotting, here's a zombie hanging over a banister, here's a zombie hanging over a railing, Here's a zombie slumped against a wall. Here's a pipe where a zombie could just crawl out of, or something even worse than a zombie has happened several times later in the game. <laughs> it, it's all tension building. And then, and then the tension is released when the thing finally comes and bites your face off. And it's like, oh, thank goodness. It's over. Now I can try and fight it or run away. Should we talk about how you took them on? Well, why don't you tell me what you did? Because. It just sounds like you didn't really have any trouble with this. No, my general plan was to avoid zombies. Just run around them. And you just ran around them? Yeah. Unless there were more than one, then I would take... I would reduce the number so that there was only one left, generally. And you had plenty of ammo? Yes, yeah. I still have gunpowder... I have a stockpile of gunpowder I can rely on or turn to. Because I was basically short of ammo the entire game. Like I had very rarely did I have any spare ammo. Gunpowder as well, right? And gunpowder. Like if I had gunpowder, it's like, oh, good gunpowder. And now I can make more ammo. Like there were a lot of times when I literally had five bullets in my handgun and nothing else. And that's when I was trying to dodge zombies. But I had so much trouble dodging. I think. For whatever reason, very early on, I had several really bad encounters as a result of trying to dodge zombies, and then I just gave up trying to dodge. I don't know if it's because I was using a keyboard for my movement, but like literally, I would try and run past a zombie, and they would just spin around and grab me and bite me from behind, and I would immediately go into danger status. Like I would go from fine to danger straight away. But don't be close to them. If they can spin around and get you, then you're, you're quite close still. But it's a corridor. I can't, like, run 10 feet away from well, them. Like, I'm literally trying to run past them in a narrow corridor. Well, those ones, you should shoot. Oh, those ones I should shoot. <laughs> okay. Well, la-di-da. I don't know. I was trying to shoot them in the head with generally the pistol, but sometimes with a shotgun, because I was just like, screw this, I'm just going to use my shotgun now. And... Everything took so much ammo to kill as well. Like, I'm pretty sure 
it's doing something funky with the zombie's health. Like, I don't know if it's dynamic and scaling to your ammo reserves or to just generally how you're doing in the game, or if it's just completely random. Because, I don't know, I had a few like weird experiences that could lead me to feel it's one way or the other. But there were definitely times when I felt like, oh, I've got plenty of ammo. I've got like 24 rounds of my gun and I've got like 20 rounds in reserve. And then... I would try and shoot a zombie and it would literally take a dozen rounds in the head for it to go down on the ground. And then it just got back up again. And so I would have to basically then use nearly all of my ammo on just like two zombies that were in a narrow corridor. And now I'm back to having no ammo again. Maybe Leon has the worst handgun. The worst handgun. I don't know. I mean, were you using the Samurai Edge? Like the one that we got for the special edition? Yes. So it might be that that gun is just much better at killing zombies permanently. But then there's a, I get that, then I get another gun which I use, which has a laser sight. Yeah, I mean, I got a gun with a red dot sight that was basically like a magnum, and that was like a one-shot kill on zombies. But the ammo for that was really scarce, and I was generally saving it for like the crazy mutant horrors that show up later. But just I, I actually found the zombies some of the worst things, like some of the hardest things to kill because there are so many of them. They move unpredictably. Like sometimes they can actually move quite fast. And my attempts to dodge them all went really badly. It, you know, what? I actually read a guide in the end because I was, was finding this so difficult. I was actually just typed in like Resident Evil 2 remake zombie health, Resident Evil 2 zombies like bullet sponges, you know, like eventually I saw some guide and the guide was like, you may have been trained from zombie movies to shoot zombies in the head. Don't do that. Shoot them in the leg. And then after getting this advice, yeah, that was a game changer because I started just shooting zombies in the leg and then they fall on the ground and then I can actually dodge them. So that's that's my zombie experience. And also I had basically ammo troubles the whole game. Maybe maybe movement with keyboard and mouse is just harder. Backpedaling and shooting is harder maybe with the keyboard and mouse. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you'd think aiming would be easier. But again, because the zombies move so unpredictably, like you'll, you'll go for the head and they'll just like lurch and swing their head and you'll shoot and miss. So I, I found it. I found it hard work. Luckily for you, there are other enemies. Well, there's also liquors, which in theory are really easy because they are blind and they attack based on sound. And if you just walk, they will ignore you. But nearly every time a liquor appeared, it surprised me. And I instinctively just like ran a couple of steps to get out the way. So, I mean, this is another one of the jump scares that happens in that West storage room where you blow up the C4 and then liquor comes into the room and then it like dropped down in front of me. And I was like, ah, and I ran a little bit. And then once you run, it can hear you and it goes and tries to claw your face off. And again, it just immediately took me into danger status. So then I had to shoot it with a shotgun. And this happened a lot of times. I would walk into a corridor and I would just run a couple of steps and then I'd hear the liquor noise and I'd be like, oh no. And then the liquor would just like pounce and just brutalize my health. And then I'd have to fight the liquor. But there is a button to run. You're not auto running everywhere, right? Yeah, there's a button to run. But like, I, you just... I don't know about you. Like, 
to begin with, I instinctively was like, I've cleared this hallway. I've killed all the zombies now using all my ammo. And now I can just run down it to quickly get to the dark room. Oh no, there's a liquor here now. Rip me. Or again, as I said, even later on when I was like, there might be a liquor in this hallway now because I haven't been here for a while. So I'm going to walk. And then it just drops down in front of you and you're like, ah, and I don't know about you, but my instinct is to run. You, you know, for a smart person, you'd be useless in a zombie apocalypse. I'm so offended. But yeah, probably. <laughs> I'd be like, ah, shoot, shoot all the zombies. What the hell, Mike? Don't run. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're shouting at you. What the hell, Mike? It's like, the problem is like, who knew my knife had ammo? Like, why, why, why can't I hit them with a stick? How can they take this many bullets to go down? Is this a Nerf gun? The good thing about liquors, though, they generally take the same amount of ammo to take down. I think it's only the regular zombies that are doing this weird ammo scaling thing. Like, the liquors, the G adults, which are like horrific, practically boss monsters that show up later, the IVs, like all these other enemies, I think, have fixed health and you know what it's going to take to take one down even if it's a lot of ammo you know okay this is going to take this much flamethrower fuel or this many magnum bullets or something just the zombies it's sometimes like oh this zombie took one bullet this zombie took 20 how am i supposed to plan (laughs) it's true you make a fair point should we finish with talking should we talk about mr x Mr. X is very, is a masterstroke. Yeah, it's, Mr. X is actually really intriguing because I had actually never heard of Mr. X until I went on that Resident Evil infected Hong Kong haunted house where there was the Mr. X, you know, guy dressed up and clomping towards you and everything. And then I looked him up and I was like, oh. It's a Resident Evil 2 thing because I'd only played the A story and in the original game Mr. X only shows up in the B story which is I guess why I'm now certain that I never played the B story. What is Mr. X? Why don't you say? I don't know. I don't have the full picture. Do you you think I'm saying it from a lore perspective? Like what? what Yeah. Okay, fine. I mean, Mr. X without going into too much detail in the lore which is very deep and fascinating. Like reading the Resident Evil lore is definitely like a rabbit hole if you start to go down it. Because there's so many games now and there's so much backstory. But in this game, Mr. X is just this like terrifying force that just pursues you through well, mostly the police station. So he just shows up at some point. I think it's just after you manage to put the fire at the helicopter out and you you walk back inside and then you see this guy in a hat and a massive trench coat just lift the helicopter out of the way as if it's nothing and then he just clomps towards you and you can shoot him and he'll temporarily like go down on one knee and then you can run away but he'll just get back up and start pursuing you again. And then from that point on until you get out of the police station, he will just be clomping around, tracking you down and like pursuing you through the various rooms of the police station. 
He's very interesting because he kind of just inspires fear, fear and panic and this sense of urgency. But he's actually not very dangerous. I actually think he's less dangerous than a regular zombie. You know, I I said several times, I went from fine status to danger in one attack from a regular zombie. Like, I have no idea if they just got lucky, but it happened to me multiple times. You should be having sub-weapons, though. Yeah, well, you know, but I use them up because I keep getting grabbed by zombies. I'm not even joking. Why are you not shoot? I don't understand. Are you, sh- are you trying to shoot them, but they grab you? Or you run out of ammo and they grab yeah, you? Yeah, I run out of ammo and then they grab me. And then I come back later with more ammo and I use all of it to take out one zombie because it takes like 20 bullets sometimes. Sorry. Anyway, Mr. X looks really scary, but he's actually pretty slow you can outrun him and he also doesn't do very much damage to you like if he attacks you he just like swings a fist at you and he will knock you down one health level but you can run past him when that happens and so a lot of my encounters with him i either saw him and i was like nope and i just walked the other way and just exited through a different route because by the time he starts appearing you know all the interconnected routes through the police station and can just leg it the other way or sometimes it was like a dead end behind me and i had to fight and i was able to knock him down and then just run past or other times literally i was like i have five bullets left what am i going to do and i fired the five bullets at him and he just shrugged them off and he punched me in the face and then I just ran past him and I was like, turns out, doesn't matter if you hit me. But it's not always good to run when he's a, it's not always good to run around in a panic because that's when you get caught. By lickers. Or zombies. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think he's, he's really good at making you feel this fear and feel this urgency. But like, it's not him that's the biggest danger. He's just there to pressure you into doing something else that, you know, will get you into a situation that's genuinely dangerous. The clever thing is you don't really know how he works. What what are the rules governing him? So at the beginning, you're thinking, oh, crap. You don't even really know how much damage he does to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, until you realize, until I had actually got hit by him several times, I was really terrified of him. Like, I was, I was thinking, like, is he going to one shot me? He did kill me once, actually. He did kill me once. But that's because I was in danger status after being bitten by a zombie. So, you know. But, yeah, I actually looked up how he works. I actually found a YouTube video that explains how he works. Because I wasn't sure if he's just essentially on a timer and they're just playing this clomping sound. And then when it's time for you to be scared, they just teleport him in front of you and then you just see him. But that's not how he works. Because, you know, that would have been kind of cheap. He actually is literally walking through the halls of the police station trying to find you. Listening for you. Listening for you, looking for you. And then when he locates you, he will just walk towards you and try and punch you. And I think it's really cool that they genuinely like embodied him and made him walk around. There are a few times where for special set piece moments, they will teleport him, I think. But in general, he really is just walking around the police station and hunting you. And there were definitely cool moments where 
I heard the clomping and then I heard a door open and the clomping stopped and I was like huh and then I looked up and I saw on one of the other levels Mr X standing there in a doorway looking at me and then he started clomping towards the stairs to get to me you know he is genuinely quite scary I never saw him burst through a wall though no nor did I I did have him so he did burst into a door I was running for. Wait, what? He, he burst through it towards you? Well, he, he opened the door as I was running to the door I want to leave the room, which was really unfortunate. That's like nightmare fuel. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I also loved it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the one time he killed me was when I was playing as Ada, because there's a bit where Leon gets shot and you have to play as Ada. And... I was trying to conserve ammo and I got bitten by a load of zombies and I then had to, well, I was chasing, you know, Annette Birkin. There's probably there's all the stuff, irrelevant, irrelevant, whatever. And I was trying to open this door by scanning it with this electronic tool and I heard this clomping and I was like, no way. And I, you look through this big window and you see Mr. X there and I was like, what the? And he's clomping towards me and I'm trying to use this stupid multi-tool to open this door and then I just turn around and I'm like, oh, bang, 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 bang. And then obviously completely failed and he punched me and I died. And that, that was definitely like, again, he's back? You know, like I drove a car into him and set off explosives in his face and he's back. It turns out he's the final boss of Leon's story. So, you know, he's back a lot. But it works because once you have sort of knowledge of the police station and zombies and liquors don't offer the same threat, it's good to, have, to mix it up. One last thing. I looked for other cues. I was, I was checking to see if the audio cue, the clomping, is the only way I know that Mr. X is around. And it is. You usually play games with the sound off, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't really care for the sound. So I thought, oh. I'm listening to something else. I don't turn it off. I just don't listen to something else generally. What are you listening to? A podcast? Music? I, I find this so strange because the music and soundscape of a game is such an integral part of the game. And for you to just like ignore it so much, I, I find it so strange. At least you were forced to pay attention to it this time. Yes. So, to summarise, I'm just going to regurgitate what we just said earlier. It's the, it's the combination of these pillars that make it so good, I think. The inventory management, the puzzles, the exploration, the environment. So the police station, previously it was the, the mansion. I think that's really inspired. And you know, with, with a comment like this, I really appreciate a game designer. You know, a game designer's job or effort here. Yeah, it, it comes together very well. It is this good balance of tension building and release and 
teaching you mechanics, you know, teaching you, you shouldn't shoot everything, you should run away. I mean, I, you know, I didn't explicitly go into it, but like at the start of the game, for example, just after you get out of the police car after it's been blown up by the fuel tanker and stuff, you know, you've got like five bullets and there's like 20 zombies, you know, that's teaching you like, maybe you should run rather than try and shoot them. Although I didn't get the memo. And, you know, I think maybe it could do a better job of telling you stuff like shoot them in the leg rather than the face. But on the whole, it does a great job of building this tension and yet giving you ways to deal with it. And, you know, it's a survival horror game, so you're meant to feel slightly powerless. You know, it's not a superhero fantasy. It's very much a you're being hunted, you're in a terrible situation with with low resources and you have to make it through somehow and it really makes you feel that your comment about appreciating the game designer and their work i think is actually quite interesting and you mentioned the setting you know like the police station being a really interesting setting because as an aside there's this whole thing about resident evil 1.5 have you heard of that no because the resident evil 2 we've got is actually the second Resident Evil 2. They got a fair way down making a Resident Evil 2 that they decided was boring and not fun, and they scrapped it. But that was kind of Resident Evil 1.5, and and there's a playable build of it, I think, that leaked on the internet finally, like 20-something years later. But, you know, that version, I think, had a more realistic police station... And they were like, this is dull. This is boring. We need to put an angel statue and weird medallions in here. You know, like in the mansion, they had an excuse for it. And then in a police station, they thought they didn't have an excuse. So they tried to make it realistic and it was no fun. So they decided in the end, oh, you know what? We've just got to make this bonkers anyway. But then this remake, does the remake do justice to the original? I think yes having played the original you know i i think it really captures a lot of the same spirit of what the original had or it it, it's got the same stuff going for it you know it makes you feel the same way despite it mechanically and visually and even story-wise actually sometimes being quite different the writing is definitely much improved over the original and the acting although it's still kind of bad in some places but yeah, they didn't have fixed camera angles. They don't have tank controls. But you still feel hunted. It still feels cinematic. Great job. I, did I? I'm not sure I enjoyed it though. <laughs> well, that's not true. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it, but it wasn't relaxing to play. You know, like what? You know, why do you play games? Why do we play games? Like the. I, I think, you know, at different points in your life, maybe play games for different reasons. I, I think this is not necessarily a game I would have chosen to play. At, certainly at the moment, going through a global pandemic of a virus. You know, it, it's stressful. It's, it's stressful to play this game. But you're not one to watch a horror film. Yeah, I, well, I, I've gone through phases where I've actually been really into it. And I was really into like psychological, like, you know, the Japanese horror films, like The Ring or 
actually it's not really a horror film you know the vengeance series you know, like old boy or is sympathy for mr vengeance or lady vengeance maybe it's the trilogy anyway i've what i i've gone through a period of yeah watching stuff that's like stressful i just definitely don't feel like that now i, I mostly play games to relax now i should be playing animal crossing not this so I did enjoy it, but it was hard work. You know, I I was playing in short bursts, like <laughs> 20, 30 minutes at most bursts. It's like, it's like you play games, I guess. And then I realized we were recording this this weekend and I had to finish it. And I just played like in two, four, five hour chunks most of the game. Maybe that's why I found it particularly stressful. No, you're right. I share your sentiment. It's quite stressful. But this is how it's meant to be played. I mean, I think if they had quick saves, I would much prefer it. But obviously it would change the game totally. Well, I think also we're making this hard for ourselves, right? Like, we're playing on normal mode. So at least we don't have ink ribbons, like in the original game. But we're still only saving at the typewriters. Like, I don't know about you, but I would only stop playing after I'd gotten to a typewriter and saved the game. But there is an autosave system. Like, if you just quit the game, it will pick up from your last autosave. I did not know this. Yeah, I, I only realised this because one time I saved the game at a typewriter and then I was like, I'm just going to see what's a little bit further and i don't care if i die because you know i've saved it now and i just merrily ran off into the distance and then got killed by a giant crocodile and then when i went to pick up the game the next day i was just before the giant crocodile i wasn't at the typewriter and i had to explicitly load my typewriter save so it could actually have been easier we just made it hard for ourselves (laughs) You're right. There's a lot of random backtracking to get to the typewriter just to save before quitting. But there's no guarantee, you know, there's there's no certainty with the autosave. You don't know at what point it really... Yeah, I think it only autosaves before certain key moments. I don't think it's autosaving after every door or anything. How's this compared to the later games? Yeah, I want to talk about the franchise as a whole and how it's evolved. Because... I've played 4, 5, and 6, and it's, it's more action horror, really, if I'm honest. Whereas the first three in the trilogy, I don't know about Code Veronica. I don't know, I don't know what people think about that and where it sits. That was more survival horror focused. And then with Resident Evil 7, I don't know what they're doing. It's first person survival horror. Yeah, I think 7 is more like this, but from a first person perspective. I couldn't imagine anything worse. Do not buy me Resident Evil Seven. Oh, yeah, I de- <laughs> I know. Like, I I do not want to play Seven. Honestly, especially, like, especially in VR. Can you imagine? Like, I can't think of anything worse than trying to play Resident Evil Seven in VR. Like, that would be really tortuous. I mean, what's funny is I actually do really enjoy the games and the story, and all the, again, like crazy backstory and lore to the whole outbreak and how all the different viruses are connected. You know, there's the progenitor virus and the T virus and the G virus and then Las Plagas and that's all really cool. So 
watching someone else play them is actually quite fun and relaxing. Like watching a Let's Play of Resident Evil can be quite interesting. But then, yeah, playing it yourself is hard work. Are you are you not one for complaining about the you know ineptness of whoever's playing? Yeah, but you know that's the thing. It's easy to complain when it's not you on the line, right? <laughs> and sometimes that's really fun. like. I think there are YouTubers who've literally made their careers on being terrified by horror games. Like, is it Markiplier who famously played Five Nights at Freddy's? And he just, you know, I think he got famous because he had such a good scream when he got like jump scared by a giant animatronic. So, yeah, watching people play, even incompetently, can be very entertaining. You know, I think I think people playing really badly sells games sometimes as well. You know, you, you see them, you see them being just so shocking. You're like, I could do better than this. And then you try and play it. Like, this is actually really scary. Now I know why they're so bad. But, you know, it makes sense to explore the sandbox, right? If you're just trying, you're playing games purely to, to win, to achieve, you're not really exp- exploring the whole spectrum of it. What do you mean? Like the spectrum that includes failure yes. and, and panicking and shouting out loud what the f-? <laughs> i think i told you that like <laughs> yeah there were definitely times when you know mr x appeared after i thought i was finally done with mr x and then he appears again and i was like what the f***ing again i was like literally saying this out loud it's, it's quite strange yeah so to finish no more survival horror games no to survival horror, but yes to remakes. <laughs> so, as we said last time, the next book club game will also be a remake. The Final Fantasy VII remake. You've never played Final Fantasy VII. No. You've never played a JRPG at all, in fact. It's Earthbound. Oh, yeah. Oh, you have played Earthbound. It was for the podcast. I guess you have then. Still. This is going to be pretty different, I think. So the next book club game will be Final Fantasy VII Remake. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch? As Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? On Reddit? Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. So Michael, what are you grateful for today? I was saying to you I should probably be vaguely serious for a change and be grateful that I still have a job. Can you believe it? This this whole coronavirus situation is like a... Still going... You know, like I said last time, oh, I'll be 69 months, but, you know, it's one thing to kind of, like, say it or know something academically, and then it's another thing to, like, feel it in your bones. And then, I, this is why I mean when I said it's starting to get to me, you know, like, when's this going to end? 69 months. Yeah, so I think I should be grateful. I still have a job. So Michael says bye. Bye-bye.